Welcome to Everything Imaginable, a podcast for curious minds. KGRA Radio. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. My name is Gary Cacciolillo, your host, and today we have Axel. I'm going to mess this up now. Balthazar. <laughs> He's what you're like. Balthazar, yeah. Balthazar. Yeah. Balthazar, Balthazar, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, Thanks for having me. And uh, you have a couple of books out. Um, can you just tell my listeners what books you have? Yeah, I have three actually. Uh, the first one is called Project MK Ultra and Mind Control Technology, a compilation of patents and reports. And in it, I it's exactly what it said, a uh, compilation of some MK Ultra documents and organized and also a bunch of patents on mind control technology. That's basically the format of a lot of my books. I like to give people the actual documents so that they can look through it themselves. Um, the second one was uh, Big Brother Technology, and that's about NSA surveillance uh, software and spy tools, and it's a lot of what Edward Snowden released in 2013. And then the third one is Project Stargate, and that's another large format book like the MKUltra one with a bunch of CIA files on remote viewing uh, that they were doing. Um, back in the 70s and 80s uh, and uh, looking into psychic phenomenon. If you've seen The Men Who Stare at Goats, uh, yes. it's based, yep. based on that. And, uh, of course, they, they make it out to be a comedy, but there's a lot of real stuff. And if you ask me, you know, well, if you ask them, even the scientific papers seem to validate psychic phenomenon. Um, so yeah, it's not I, I, read, I also book. had read the book, and the book was much different than the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, I liked the movie and the book. So, what got you into these um, fr- uh, government fringe type of projects? You know, I've always been into this kind of stuff. Uh, I grew up in the '90s with a healthy diet of unsolved mysteries and X Files, and I was always interested in just exploring the hidden sides of life, uh, the more interesting than the mundane kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, that got me into conspiracies. Um, I came across David Icke books in the early 2000s and that kind of got me thinking and that was around 9-11. So, uh, I started questioning that event and I got some alternative views on that. And that was kind of like my first huge red pill that, really got me into the whole world of, you know, what if there is a shadow government, you know, what if there's plans for a new, new world order? Um, so yeah. And then I, it was the early days of the internet too. And there was early conspiracy forums like rumor mill news and some others that, yeah, I was just, uh, I was up at all night, you know, just digging into it. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that was always really fun for me yeah. and downloading torrents. Um, I remember back in the day coming across MKUltra uh, torrent collection. Um, I don't know how many gigs it was, like five or ten gigs, um, just a whole bunch of documents. And uh, so, yeah, I owe a lot of it to the Internet, really. 
And it was more of a wild, wild west, you know, back then. Than it is yeah. Now. Yeah. I used to belong to, well, I still belong to it. Um, above top secret.com. Oh yeah. And, yeah. I like uh, that one. But it, it's changed a lot now. And I was like, mm-hmm. very way more political. Um, yeah. Rather than the old cold, still cold conspiracies. And one of the things that got me interested in conspiracies too was nine 11. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I'm from New Jersey and, um, you know, so I lived there, you know, near there at the time. And, um, you know, one of the things that always bothered me about 9-11 is Building 7. Mm-hmm. It was never hit by a plane and it collapsed. Yeah, I, I mean, that's just a total smoking gun. And it's just ridiculous that people, you'll still get, you know, uh, ridiculed if you even bring it up or, you know, try to use that as evidence of something else. But... Uh, yeah, the, these buildings are made with fail proofs, you know, so many fail proofs uh, just so that they don't do exactly what happened, you know, three times on one day and never before or since. So, yeah, Building 7 totally is a smoking gun. Yeah. What do you think happened on that day? Do you think it was uh, something that the United States allowed? Do you think it was a, a demolition? Um, you know, um I dug into that, you know, for years and years and I had to like take a step back from it for a while in order to, I think, look at it with fresh eyes. And the more, like, I didn't want to believe this at first, but the more, you know, I took a step back, I'm beginning to think that maybe it's like Judy Woods or Dr. Judy Wood says, and there's some kind of advanced energetic technology that was used. Because if you consider that they have technology that's at least two decades ahead, um, it wouldn't be surprising to me that they have some something that could, you know, it's like a frequency um, energy weapon that could move particles because the both explanations don't make sense. Of course, the plane making them all demolish themselves doesn't make sense, but also even the official anti-explanation, the controlled demolition, if you were using conventional uh, explosives, I mean, it would take like thousands and thousands of pounds. And it would take, I mean, just the top people in the world, and they've never done anything that big. So it would take, you know, weeks and weeks. So I'm thinking they use something completely that we can't even imagine. And that's even better for them because uh, it just leaves us confused and um, people can prove both sides wrong, but it's just, um, there's just so much confusion in it. Building seven maybe was um, conventional uh, controlled demolition, but if you look at just the way all the building material just completely turned to dust, um, if you look at the debris pile, uh, it should have really been, a lot bigger but literally everything just turned to dust and you really can't put put it any other way just all that material um and uh yeah i don't know so who do you think done it was our was it our own government i think there's probably you know deep state elements that uh we can't even imagine um i don't think the surface government really knew much. I don't, I don't think uh, Bush Jr. knew. Uh, he was, 
a useful idiot, more or less. Um, How about maybe. Dick Cheney? I mean, uh, he really Ch- profited a lot off of it. Yeah, I think Cheney is definitely one of the more guilty of the surface government people. Uh, he definitely had a big hand in it. Then there's ideas about Mossad. I haven't looked into too much, but it's probably something like that. Interesting. Do you think it was done for profit or do you think it was done in order to scare people so they could get a lot of this NSA surveillance stuff in place? Yeah, I think it completely changed the whole world. And even if you look at some of the weirder aspects, it seems like almost a ritual when you use the numbers like 911 like the the 11 looks like the towers and 911 was always the emergency number i mean it wouldn't have had the same effect if it was any other date really and uh there's also that other event i think it was on 311 the thing in the bus bombing in the uk mm-hmm. uh so these people are you know like thousands of year old cult that uses numerology and all this these power numbers and stuff and uh, yeah, it was used to as an excuse to go into the Middle East, and it was used as an excuse to uh, bring in all this NSA surveillance. And um, there's other uh, ideas about um, like gold. Uh, there's a bunch of gold stolen from the basement um, when it happened, and. There's theories that uh, the the gold wasn't like actual gold. It was like gold plated and China like wanted uh, the, we, we owed China some of it, but when they came to get it, suddenly there was this big uh, emergency and nobody, it just disappeared. So uh, Joseph Farrell is an author that goes into the money aspect of it a lot more. Um, but uh, yeah, it was definitely an excuse to, to go to the Middle East for sure. Um, this brings me to your, to the MK Ultra book. Do you think that some of the stuff that they learned in Patton during the MK Ultra Pat, Ultra years, <clears throat> excuse me, were used as part of the nine eleven um, scenario? Like yeah, the guys on a plane may have been mind, you know, they may have used mind control on them or. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Uh, I haven't thought much about that, but yeah, that could very well be. Uh, they've used Manchurian candidates to pull things off, I believe, um, like uh, assassinations. And so it wouldn't be that much different to uh, program somebody to think that they're, uh, you know, hijacking a plane. They probably tricked them into kind of thinking that they're doing this thing, but, you know, they had a they were controlling the plane the whole time or something. Uh, so yeah, they, they could have been mind controlled. Uh, you know, back in the fifties and sixties, MK ultra, they were getting people to, uh, you know, just, they just used trigger words and would get people to think that they're planning bombs and stuff. Uh, so it worked really well back then. So I can only imagine, you know, I, I assume that it kept going on in some form. So I can only imagine how it, it advanced. How about if, this is a weird idea, but there maybe they were using that tech, uh, the MK Ultra stuff the entire time in the Middle East to create these terrorist groups. Yeah, and then use them as a pawn. 
I mean, even if you just look at lesser, um, like less direct forms of mind control, uh, just media manipulation and stuff, uh, you can easily manipulate people. And so, yeah, getting people rallied up uh, against the U.S. over there, um, you know, all these puppet governments all over the world. Uh, yeah, I can imagine that would ha happen. It almost makes so much sense for the United States to actually create their own enemies to profit off of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have to have a continuous enemy and um, you know, they keep the war machine moving and get funding. Uh, so, yeah. And honestly, it hasn't happened lately. It seemed to um, taper off a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wonder, I wonder what's going on. Well, I have a, actually, I was talking to somebody last night. Um, he's actually the guy that uh, they based the character Fox Mulder off of on the X-Files. Oh, wow. And um, he was telling me that right now we are at war, but people don't know it. Okay. They're keeping it secret. And it, like, like with this whole COVID-19 thing and, and riots and, and all that's going on here in the United States is really, it's, it's some type of a power grab for the government in the United States. And mm -hmm. He says he doesn't know who's behind it, um, but he says, you know, we're, we're, we're definitely at war with somebody. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if you look at like Portland, Oregon, what's going on now, I mean, it's a level of, you know, throwing explosives federal courthouses it's like when are you going to call it a war <laughs> you know well, it's almost he, a war right he, now his theory with some of that though is that they, they you know how they're sending in these federal government guys to, to so-called to, to protect things mm -hmm. now some of these guys actually go out in plain clothes bomb some stuff start some fires create some trouble again go somewhere change into their uniform and pretend to be stopping it. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, there's a, a COINTELPRO FBI program that basically did that kind of stuff, infiltrated groups and uh, caused problems. Uh, it's that, um, and David Icke talks about this a lot, is problem, reaction, solution. Uh, you create the problem and then you manufacture a reaction from the people and then you offer the solution. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what's happening. And also with the COVID-19, I mean, all the other, most of the other countries out there, the, you know, um, ones that I guess would be, uh, I can't forget the word for it, but, but, you know, more advanced societies like the United States and the UK and China, um, all the other places have it under control, but we don't here in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, there has to be some, and I mean, I'm sure that is definitely probably some kind of biological warfare. And that's why it's different here than it is in some other countries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was my first hunch. It was some bio attack that you know, went wrong. Um, but yeah, and then they're talking about vaccines. And if you've been following 
yeah. conspiracy culture for a while. You know, you know, mass vaccinations have always been part of the plan. And uh, I mean, personally, I don't, I don't really trust them. I mean, all this, you know, MK Ultra, all this doesn't really give me a reason to trust, uh, you know, the government. But uh, and to be putting stuff directly into my body, like uh, who knows? I. I haven't developed these thoughts very well, but I do think that maybe it's some kind of manipulation of human, um, I don't know how to put it, uh, like even using all the food, all the ingredients and stuff, GMOs, it's, they're somehow altering the course of human evolution with all this stuff, kind of tinkering with our genetics. That's what I think too, when they, 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 they slip something into these vaccines that modifies the DNA to make people more obedient and more susceptible to suggestion. Like mm-hmm. it's still part of the MK Ultra project. Yep. But, but being rolled out on a global scale. And they've got people so brainwashed, you know, you can't even mention anything against vaccines and you can get rid- ridiculed, you know, on social media. Um, so whatever they're doing, it's, it's working pretty well. It's scary. Yeah. It's kind of disturbing, actually, I think. Cause, you but know, I think, in a way, it's also they're kind of losing power. Cause, uh, I, I mean, people are kind of laughing at them more, I've noticed, too. Um, like with this recent doctor video that got censored. I don't know if you saw that. Um, no. There is this viral video. I think Breitbart put it out. And it was a bunch of medical doctors, and they're in front. Of, they're in DC, uh, talking about some solutions to COVID. Um, and basically, uh, you know, the mainstream. Uh, what's that one doctor um, that's all over the news about this? Doctor, his name Fauci. starts. Yeah, Fauci. Um, you know, he was dismissing it, saying what they were saying was wrong. So. You know, it got censored and deleted across YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, more people are like, wait, why can't we just hear what they're trying to say, you know? Uh, so, I don't know, I think what it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. I think, you know, it's a um, polarity. So, you know, when the worst things are happening, it's also on the other side, the best things are happening too, and there are a lot of people, uh, you know, waking up to it. It's a so, little different we'll now, though, since, like, like, like back in 9-11, we could go on the internet and have open discussions about mm-hmm. where now, like, if we go on the internet and try to have an open discussion about COVID-19 or whatever, it's censored right away. Yeah. And it's pretty sad that, um, you know, 4chan is, like, the armpit of the internet, and there's just so many racists and just bad people but at the same time it's like one of the last you know wild wild west internet forums uh where you know people can go and say anything and you know a lot of good stuff comes out of it like a lot of conspiracy topics come up and um i don't know uh people are divided on pizzagate whether you know that's a hoax or not but that was birthed on 4chan and it's these people that just are just committed and passionate about digging into stuff, which I think is really cool. Yeah, so definitely, we still need that. We need that more now than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
can, can you give my listeners like a little bit of background and history of what the MK Ultra project is? Uh, yeah, it was a CIA mind control or behavior modification program uh, from the 50s to the early 70s. And they would use people in hospitals, and a lot of times they were unwitting subjects. Uh, people would go in for depression or something and end up getting injected with LSD and, uh, you know, put under these crazy mind control programs. Um, psychic driving was one technique. Uh, I think it was uh, Ewan Cameron was the doctor who uh, would do this. Uh, he would just put a tape on repeat and uh, these people, you know, be tripping balls on LSD and just have to hear his voice, you know, on repeat saying things and it drove him crazy, obviously. And, um, you know, this was supposed to treat depression or something, but these people like became vegetables and, uh, uh, you know, went totally insane. Um, they used also mescaline and other chemicals, electroshock, hypnosis, uh, sensory deprivation, uh, verbal and sexual abuse and other forms of torture. And, um, it was, uh, they wanted to be able to use something to get, uh, you know, spy secrets from uh, people they captured. They wanted to learn how to get people to be weakened and uh, make confessions and uh, also be able to create Manchurian candidates. If you've seen that movie or um, there's a book, uh, <clears throat> basically create a mind controlled assassin. And uh, I believe that may have happened with, uh, with uh, Sirhan Sirhan, who killed uh, Robert F. Kennedy, and Mark David Chapman, who killed John Lennon. They both had uh, pretty weird circumstances. Uh, Chapman was obsessed with Catcher in the Rye. And they say a lot of times with this mind control stuff, they'll use a story or a novel or uh, like a, a movie like Wizard of Oz. They get people so confused that they, they can't tell if they're in the story or if they're in reality. Mm -hmm. And um, that part of, um, yeah, Mark David Chapman was just like kind of in that book. And he uh, said that he heard a voice in his head saying, um, you know, kill him, kill him and, or shoot him, shoot him. And then he did. And then he just sat there and started reading Catcher in the Rye and waited for the police to show up. And his only statement in court was a passage from that book. So, um, yeah, uh, so that's kind of the evolution of the MK Ultra stuff that happened. And, uh, of course, you know, people were pissed off about this later when they found out about it in the 70s. And there was lawsuits and stuff. Um, but another thing, a uh, big thing that came out of it was uh, trauma-based mind control. And... Uh, this is when you're put under torture that's uh, so horrible that your mind disassociates. And it, um, like when you're in a car accident, uh, they, they say, a lot of people say they can't remember what happened like a few seconds before the accident. Well, your mind like compartmentalizes it uh, to protect you. And so if you can, you know, weaponize that, you create uh trauma-based mind control and these people have multiple personalities that can be used for different tasks like 
assassinations or whatever. And uh, so, yeah, your mind, uh, that's where multiple personality can come from. And it's called uh, disassociative identity disorder now. But basically, you experience trauma so bad that you have all these different um, compartments in your mind and different personalities. So that was another big thing that came out of it that I think they still use today. And if you look into satanic ritual abuse, it has a lot to do with um, trauma-based mind control. Uh, if you look in the story of Johnny Gosh and uh, the Franklin cover-up, uh, these victims claim that, you know, this is going on and uh, all these people were, you know, used, um, these kids were used to, like, uh, sell drugs across the country and stuff and uh, tortured, abused for mind control. And uh, back to MK Ultra, they also wanted to create, you know, I wanted to find a truth serum or they wanted some drug that would just, you know, make people tell the truth, which they never found. And of course their excuse was the Russians are doing it. So we have to do it better. Which is also the excuse for um, project Stargate. Um, seems to be an excuse for a lot of stuff, but. Do you think the Manson family was maybe under the influence of MK ultra like type of project? I mean, think about, I mean, I think about him he, he was completely obsessed with the white album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he totally could have been. And um, I haven't looked into that too much, but yeah, he totally could have been. Were the guy, was, didn't, was the guy that shot Ronald Reagan obsessed with the movie Taxi Cab Driver? Uh, that, that I don't know, but that's interesting. I think so. Yeah, so anytime you come across something like that, you got to question if they were part of some mind control experiment or, you know, they were mind controlled. It definitely seems to be a common denominator between all those. Is they're all like hyper obsessed with one thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you read, uh, there's a book called Transformation of America by Kathy O'Brien. She says that in her programming, it was always uh, the Wizard of Oz. And a lot of, uh, there's another project, Monarch, is an offshoot of MKUltra and uh, yeah, they would always tell people to follow the yellow brick road to go somewhere. So they, their handler, they would have to follow somebody. They would just use these terms that, you know, are in the story. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, were, were the people who were involved in these experiments, were they successful? in their lawsuits against the government? Um, I for, uh, Yeah, some of them were. And I can't recall exactly which ones, but uh, I know there's one guy who they gave him a bunch of MDA, um, which is like MDMA, which is Molly ecstasy. They injected it, and he just straight up died from it. And I think his estate won a lawsuit um, many years afterwards. Uh, yeah, after he was dead. Do you think Hitler also used mind control? I know that they used uh, a lot of these, they, they brought a lot of those techniques over um, from concentration camps, uh, supposedly. 
And um, yeah, that's where they started to uh, experiment with it. Of course, Project Paperclip, they brought, you know, a bunch of um, Nazis over. So basically, yeah, brought that um, knowledge over for sure. I think it was mescaline they, they used a lot of in the concentration camps, yeah. So so we just basically picked up where Nazis left off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing was how long people uh, it took people to die from sarin gas was something that um, supposedly they learned in the concentration camps and brought it over. It's awful to do that to our own people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of it was in Canada, too. Uh, uh, forget the name of the, uh, the hospital in Canada, but uh, that's where uh, Ewan Cameron was a lot. I didn't know Canada was involved with it. Uh, yeah, uh, let's see if I can find Allen Memorial Institute. That was it. Um. Do you think that the heart project has anything to do with mind control also? I mean, there's always been rumors about like harp and um, chemtrails, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, you know, I had a good friend here, um, Jerry Smith. He wrote two books on harp, um, Jerry E. Smith. Uh, and yeah, so we talked a lot about that and, I kind of always had a hunch that it was something to do with mind control because, um, yeah, they're just manipulating whatever frequencies are going on up there. They basically microwave a 20 mile radius of the ionosphere. And of course they just say it's uh, for scientific research, but they're just vague about it. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, it could be, you know, Stuart Swerdlow and, uh, 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 maybe relaying, I don't know if I'm relaying this totally right, but he, he says that um, it creates like a piggyback wave. Uh, so it creates this like base wave on the whole earth and they can like piggyback somehow on this uh, wave and um, I don't know, whatever they do, whatever frequencies they're sending out, uh, somehow it helps them to piggyback on this base wave that they like send out through HARP. Yes, I definitely think it's all kind of connected. Um, And and in your book about the um, Stargate and remote viewing technology, Mm -hmm. um, can you give us a little overview on that one? Uh, Yeah, it's like um, the, I don't know if we were recording when I mentioned this, but the men who stare at goats, uh, yeah, that's basically all those CIA documents. um, uh, Basically, seeing targets at a distance and uh you know they they said that the russians there was rumors that the russians were doing this so of course we had to start doing it as well and uh it was the defense intelligence agency and sri international Uh, they started um they used some gifted uh spies and uh see here uh, Yuri Geller, uh, that guy who's famous for bending yes, spoons. spoons. I remember him. Yeah, he was supposedly like their best psychic. And you can see videos of the experiments and they just have a target totally random. 
and it's double blind and everything. Nobody knows what it is. And he just starts drawing the thing and turns out right. Um, so yeah, the whole idea was to be able to spy on, you know, Russian, uh, Russian, you know, uh, army spots or whatever. And they did that successfully and they, they did it for, you know, 20 years. So they like to say that it didn't work, but, um, you know, they did it for 20 years. And if you actually look at the files, uh, they did work in a lot of instances. Um, where do you come, where do you get a lot of these documents that you put in your books? Um, well, since we have the freedom of information act in America, uh, a lot of it's on the CIA reading room now that it's been declassified. Uh, but that's kind of the harder way. Um, so you really have to dig. And uh, there's sites. Uh, I would say the best site on all of this is the blackvault.com. And he has done a lot of the Freedom of Information Act requests, uh, uh, specific ones to get uh, documents. And he organizes it all. So a lot of the MK Ultra stuff is on there and a lot more. Um, but yeah, and then there's torrents. Um, there's a good torrent site called consen.org, uh, C-O-N-C-E-N.org. And you can get these if you just search, you know, Stargate Project, uh, um, you'll get the whole collection. Hmm. I'm not going to remember that. Can you, after the show, can you email me the link so I can post them in the notes? Sure. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think my listeners would like to actually get to go and check that out for themselves. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, if, if, if remote viewing is possible, I, I mean, yeah, it, it obviously has its purpose, you know, in spying and warfare and stuff like that. But it also um, drastically changes um, the scientific view of what the human mind is capable of and the nature of reality. Yeah, definitely. Totally. It's a non-local quantum uh, physics type thing. And, uh, you know, in one uh, document in particular, you know, they conclude, you know, they flat out say that anomalous cognition is possible and has been demonstrated. It's not based on belief. It's scientific criteria. And um, so, yeah, you would think people would just be going crazy over this stuff. You know, it changed everything, but people just dismiss it, you know, because Bill Nye doesn't, doesn't think it's real or something. I mean, uh, it, in a way it makes sense. Um, you know, like, you know how they say like a particle can exist in two places at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, and, and connected like by a wavelength. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I think the whole thing is like, you know, everything exists, you know, there's a place that your mind can go where, you know, just everything exists at once and just, you know, you can pull these little snippets of truth from, um, so yeah, it's some kind of quantum thing going on. And uh, yeah, I, I believe, you know, the mind is non-local. Our brain is more of like a, uh, like the hardware that decodes whatever, you know, invisible mind thing is going on. 
Right. See, I, I, I interview a lot of uh, mediums and psychics for my show, and one of them had described to me that the human brain is not a place that stores or processes information, but rather it acts as an antenna that yeah. connects to information. You know, so mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's more like a computer that's connecting to the internet rather than a actual hard drive that holds the data. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's very interesting. And it and that's like uh, that's like shamans too, you know. The, um, the world's history of shamans going deep to um, pull information. And if that's true, then that means our whole concept of time is BS. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I also study a lot of uh, like near-death experience um, stuff and mm -hmm. people who cross over uh, and come back. And that's, you know, one of the main things they always say is, you know, over there, it's, I mean, time just does not exist like it does here. I mean, it doesn't exist here either, but, you know, we're in this illusion where we think it does. But, yeah, everything is just kind of one moment. So I want to get spiritual on you for a moment. What do you think this illusion is? Um, well, I used to think that it was God just decided that it wanted to experience itself. So it kind of said, Hey, what can I do? It was like these whole universes were created uh, basically to learn itself better. But then you got to think like, why would God even need to know itself better if it knows everything, you know? So I, I don't know. It, it's, um, it's a, uh, what's the word? Um, start with, starts with the P paradox it's all, you know, a paradox, you know, why would God need to know itself better when it already knows everything? Um, but I think the whole universe is a paradox, really. I, I just, it, you know, maybe we're just not smart enough to understand yet what it is, but I think maybe we're just starting to become smart enough to question what it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, in a lot of the um, near-death uh, literature, they talk about, you know, the earth is one of the hardest places that you can be, and it's a place where you go to learn lessons and um, evolve as a spirit. And uh, But basically, it's all about loving, and it's all about learning. And to, you know, loving and being loved and uh, teaching and being taught, you know, it's basically all it's about. It isn't it crazy. Like almost everybody I talk to says that, you know, they say like, yeah, you know, we don't know what it is, but I believe the purpose of it is to, to learn how to love, be compassion, empathetic, help other people, be selfless. And so many people know that, you know, on a, a conscious level, but so people actually, few people actually act out or, mm. or, or live their life based on that philosophy. Right. Yeah, it's really hard to do. I know people that, um, you know, their whole life has been changed by a near-death experience, but 
you know, and they start to live more compassionate, but it's, it's never easy. You know, it's like super hard to do and it makes their life, you know, a lot harder, but they know that, you know, when they cross over, they're going to have a life review and every emotionally charged moment of your life is going to be reviewed and you're going to experience it from a third person perspective and you're going to feel the way that the ripples that you sent out onto the earth. So the best thing to do is to live compassionately, be a good person because you're going to see all those ripples, you know, when you review your life. And, uh, but yeah, it's not easy. And a lot of people end up getting depressed eventually, you know, they try to live like that, but you know, this world just doesn't allow it. Um, so they end up, you know, being depressed and stuff, but um, yeah, that's why I try to like uh, volunteer a little bit. Um, like I do volunteer design work for um, IONS, which is the International uh, Near Death Association. Have you ever had a near death experience? Uh, no, but I, I used to have a lot of spontaneous like out of body. I could never tell if they were truly out of body or if they were just uh, really vivid, lucid dreams, but um, more so when I was like a teenager, uh, like 16 to like 28 or something, uh, I would have, um, you know, I'd be like taking a nap or something and then suddenly, you know, everything tingles and you're like hyper aware. Um, and then you can like leave your body, float around and uh, have kind of spiritual experiences that that's happened to me probably a couple dozen times. And uh, I, I always love those. It hasn't happened in a while, but. Do you think some of those experiences could be like a, maybe just a neurological disorder? Um, you know, they say that, uh, uh, what is that? When, um, when you're sleeping and you can't move. Um, sleep paralysis, yes. Yeah, so a lot of people are calling it sleep paralysis now. Um, but I, when I started hearing sleep paralysis and what people were experiencing, I was like, Oh, that's, you know, an out of body experience. All you have to do from that point is actually just with your spirit or your body, you just leave at that point. So people are becoming aware that, um, their body is frozen, but from there you can consciously like leave that body. Um, so I think, you know, there's like an astral realm and energetic, uh, frequency range uh, like right next to astral projection type of thing. Yeah, basically. And um, so, yeah, there's a frequency range right next to our physical. And that's where you're going when uh, you become aware of your astral body and um, sleep paralysis is, you know, you're becoming aware of your astral body and you, but you, all you're focusing on is your physical body. You can't move it. But yeah, I believe, you know, there's entities and uh, things on that other side too. Have, uh, do you think it's possible to enter someone else's um, dream when you're dreaming? That's interesting. I don't know, but um, it, it reminds me, uh, so I, I kind of have like a family history of this stuff in my my uncle and my aunts used to uh, consciously try to astral project. And one of the things he would do would be going into a coworker's room to like try to wake him up in the middle of the night. 
and he would just, you know, imagine the guy's face there and supposedly uh, the guy would come back the next day and like say, man, I couldn't sleep and I kept waking up like every hour, you know, so um, it's possible, I think, to, you know, maybe go there physically and like kind of wake somebody up, but I don't know if you could go in someone else's dream. I think when you get to the level of dreams and all that stuff, it's just completely infinite. You know, there's just an infinite amount of worlds. Um, so your dream could just be its whole universe unto itself. And I think it'd be kind of hard. I don't know if you could have somebody else join it or not. Mm. Um, when we're, you know, I, I have done a couple episodes with, with on dreams. Um, one was with a friend of mine, Johnson Miller. Another one was this guy named Radow who wrote a dream dictionary. And I don't know. I, I'm, I'm doing another episode with Radow in a couple of weeks, actually, because I wanted to go deeper into that subject. Because um, the guy I was talking to last night that I was telling you about earlier, he mentioned something about going so deep into consciousness where you actually become like God, like a creator. Okay. And, and, and like I thought about that. I said, I mean, it, it makes sense. It just totally blows my mind in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, people who do DMT and stuff. They seem to think that they get to that level. Um, I don't know what you could be creating. Maybe some other invisible universe you'll never see again. And I wonder what happens to it when you when you come out of that state. Does it just vanish? It's weird. Yeah, I know that um, it seems like when you get to that state, it's like very hard to even remember when you get back to the physical world. Um, it's just so beyond what we're used to that uh, it's just even really hard to remember. It's hard to put words to it. Uh, people who have near-death experiences have a really hard time explaining it. Have you tried like DMT or isolation tanks or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I've uh, tried some psychedelics, 5-MeO-DMT, uh, which is uh, similar to DMT, but not like the ayahuasca, mm -hmm. um, you know, psilocybin. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I've had some psychedelic experiences. Do you feel like they've changed you or opened up your awareness in any type of way? Uh, yeah, definitely. And yeah, I would always stick to the more um, natural stuff. I think that's a good test, you know, if it's like, you know, natural mushrooms or something. I think, you know, we're kind of meant to experience it. Um, so yeah, you have this whole ego death and it does, I mean, you're, I, well, to me, you're like a whole, a whole different person after it, you know, each time. Do you think it's um, beneficial to people? Uh, yeah, as long as, you know, you don't abuse it. Uh, you just do it, um, you know, once in a while. Um, I think, Ter like Terrence McKenna says, um, going to the grave without having a psychedelic experience is like going to the grave without ever having sex, you know, it's just <laughs> something that you gotta, gotta experience. Yes. Well, 
I spent about three months smoking angel dust, so I guess that's <laughs> <count. laughs> Yeah, see that? Yeah, that's a little less natural. Uh, entheogens is the term for, you know, the more natural psychedelic stuff. And that means making God within. Mm-hmm. So you're basically experiencing God with these things. I basically think, you know, God is just the source and uh, er- literally everything is made up of it. Um, and, you know, when we die, we're just basically going to go back to it in a way. Everything is energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Can't be created or destroyed. Right. Um, so with, sorry, I go way off track. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's kind of related you know um thing about psychic powers entheogens just becoming a going outside of your your mind you know and experiencing the infinite information field i wonder what the if, if the government knows about this i wonder how they're utilizing it other than just remote viewing. I mean, obviously something like that profound, they're going to be doing other things than just remote viewing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can only guess. Um, of course, the government is so, uh, the government that like, you know, they said it didn't work after two decades. Um, it's entirely possible that they're just completely sleeping on the possibilities too. Like they haven't figured out how to utilize everything that they've learned. Yeah. Or they just, like everyone else, they're just like, oh, we heard it didn't work, so we're not going to look into it. Yeah. But, I mean, if the technology that they're giving us now was created 20 years ago, let's say they're 20 years ahead of us where we're at, they have to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh I mean, there's probably many agendas, who knows, probably many splinter groups doing different things. Yeah. I I heard an interesting, it's kind of random, but interesting theory about um, Epstein and stuff was that, you know, the world government decided that um, China was the new, going to be the new world power. so Epstein was a Mossad agent and he basically got blackmail on everyone. And the purpose was to steal secrets from the U S and sell them to China, uh, uh, weapons, uh, just military secrets, anything, but, um, basically move everything to China and through like blackmailing politicians who have, you know, had sex with kids and stuff, underage people. And they got it all on tape, and that's been admitted. Uh, the mainstream media, they, they've quoted Epstein and Ghislaine as saying, you know, we have everybody on tape. So, and that I, I never has, heard that one before. That one actually makes sense. Yeah. Because what doesn't make sense to me with the Epstein case is um, why would the, why would he have gone – through so much trouble grooming these children here in the United States when he could have done it much easier out of sight somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But the, if he's using them to, to blackmail, 
then it actually makes a little it makes more sense for him to do it the way he did it yeah yeah that's uh uh, his house in New York, uh, and this was admitted on mainstream news that uh, they had cameras in basically every room, the bathrooms, and they had a whole room that was just monitoring all those cameras. Uh, so yeah, basically they recorded everything, and they just were. The whole idea was to blackmail and control people, and that's how they. That's what they said was happening with the Franklin scandal, which was a scandal in the '80s in Omaha. Uh, there's this guy who owned the Franklin Credit Union, uh, Larry E. King, and he had stolen millions of dollars from the credit union, but also people were saying that he was the pimp in a um, uh, nationwide child sex ring, and these victims were coming forward and say, talking about his parties all these influential people and yeah, the whole point was to blackmail people really and get them to, you know, do your bidding, vote the way that you want them to vote kind of thing, sell whatever secrets. And you know, that, that, that kind of ties into what I was talking about at the beginning of this interview, you know, about the COVID-19 and everything being an actual war, you mm -hmm. know, and when you always hear people get always get upset because you know Donald Trump calls it the China virus, but you know maybe he knows something that we don't, and that's like some type of hint. Yeah, that's interesting. And maybe it's all connected. You know, the Epstein mm -hmm. blackmailing, the virus, everything, it might all be connected to, to moving China into being the next superpower of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, you know, you got labor, the labor laws are lax, you know, these people are basically slaves, um, so that would be more to their liking, and uh, yeah, I, I was always, uh, I, I grew up uh, kind of leftist, um, democratic, but, and, you know, anti-Trump, but then lately, uh, the way that these, you know, pedophile rings have been going down. I'm kind of like wondering like, yeah, maybe he is actually, you know, taking these groups out, which would be great. Or he's just a part of it. Cause too, because I mean, he hung out with Epstein quite a bit. <laughs> For sure. And there was that lawsuit um, that uh, disappeared uh, right before the election, but supposedly this like woman was claiming that he raped her when she was like 14 i think mm -hmm. um trump and epstein uh, well he was at epstein's uh, house or something and uh yeah like she goes into detail about how trump raped her and i mean i wouldn't put it past him for sure uh yeah so he, he was probably but yeah i don't know you, you have all these q people that think he's like some savior and I, i'm not i don't think he's He's that, but definitely things. I, I definitely think that I'll, I'll say this. I think he's a little more of an outsider than some of the others like Joe Biden. You know, he's been a part and I, I do believe in like a deep state shadow government. So these right. are the same people that have been around for decades and Joe Biden's been a part of it. Right. Hillary Clinton's been a part of it and you know, the Clintons and uh, the Bushes, of course. So, you know, I kind of, 
I don't know. It's like a lesser of two evils. I don't know. I don't want the deep state, you know, back. Yeah, that's why I, I don't even vote because to, to, I, I couldn't. I can't live with myself for voting for either one. Right. <laughs> I was kind of a Bernie guy for for a while. I think he had some radical ideas and um, that were okay, but. I think last time I voted Green Party was basically a throwaway, but yeah, yeah, the whole thing is a joke. Yeah, even that doesn't matter because of the Electoral College. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, one guy can get more votes and still lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all a joke, really. Yeah, it's, it doesn't, it's all. It's, it's a show for the people. The, the big, mm-hmm. I think the best slave is a person who doesn't know they're a slave, that they actually think they have freedom of choice. Yep. And I think that's kind of where we're at. Um, and the, yeah, the people, um, you know, control themselves. You know, it's the, the sheep hurting themselves, just... Um, how you're unable to talk about certain topics, even on Facebook and stuff. I have a lot of liberal friends and, uh, well, it doesn't matter. Liberal, conservative, basically Mm -hmm. two sides of the same coin. They'll get triggered if you bring up certain topics and, uh, you know, ridicule you. But one thing I love about 2020, I mean, everything's so crazy, but that's also kind of a good thing because, you know, now this Epstein thing is like coming out, and it's clear that, you know, real conspiracies exist. So, you know, more people are talking about this and you're not, you know, ridiculed as much for thinking outside of the box. Do you think though, like they try to, they try to squash it with disinformation? Like, okay, there's some truth to the Epstein conspiracy. So let's create the Wayfair conspiracy to, yeah. to, to, to make all conspiracies look crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. They um, have misinformation, disinformation, you know, weaponized disinfo, uh, which I kind of always had a hunch that like the flat earth thing was kind of weaponized disinfo uh, just to try to lump everybody together. Um, it didn't really play out that way, but in the beginning, it was kind of like a conspiracy theory. They're using the term, but uh, yeah, so Wayfair Gate, that kind of thing. Uh, another thing was with uh, Pizzagate. Um, I believe aspects of it are true, but they will throw in other stuff just to be able to dismiss the whole thing mm-hmm. and use a straw man tactic to only focus on that one thing, and uh, which is obviously not true, but then just not talk about the other stuff. We do live in an interesting time. Definitely. One of the most interesting times we could have chosen to be alive. <laughs> um, I think about, you know, AI and what, what's happening next. Uh, who knows? Do you, do you think that there's a possibility of AI taking over? Uh, yeah, I do. I think there's a good possibility of that. And... Elon Musk was saying recently, uh, talking about having chips in our brains. Uh, I forget what his timeline was, but pretty quick. And uh, yeah, it wouldn't be hard. You know, they got VR now. Um, 
which is really impressive and take that to the next level. You know, when you don't need the headsets, um, it could be just like the matrix, you know, we're just sitting in our seat thinking we're living a life. You probably just stack people, you know, in high rises and everybody's mm -hmm. just, you know, a vegetable, uh, you know, getting reward, the serotonin rewards, but not actually doing anything. And uh, I forget the, I heard David Icke talking about different kinds of AI and one of them uh, was like self-learning and they, they don't know how it works apparently. And the stuff is just like learning on its own. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could see AI actually taking over. You bring up David Icke. Isn't he the same guy that said that Hillary Clinton was a shape-shifting reptilian? Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, I remember I, his, and he had his hacker named Ass Clown would post these videos on YouTube of her eyes being pixelated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't subscribe to that exactly. I, I do think that it's possible that there's a, uh, a reptilian alien race maybe, but I, I don't think everybody that's in power is a shapeshifter. And that was another, I think, um, disinfo tactic. And some say that because he got that information from this one woman, uh, I can't remember her name, but uh, she introduced him to that whole thing. And they think, uh, people think he was, uh, she was some kind of disinfo agent. Um, and yeah, that just, you know, people always um, equate him now with the, as the reptilian guy. So. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when he was doing that. I, I remember I was working at a call center, like night shift, and it was like nothing to do. So he was just sit around and and watch those videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those those are interesting. Good late night weirdness. Yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> entertaining. So, so do you think that um, there are other intelligent life forms on Earth other than human? Um, you know, a while ago I would have said, yeah, there's different kinds of aliens. Uh, some of them look just like humans. You wouldn't be able to tell. Um, nowadays, I don't know. I'm, I'm more of like spiritual, uh, I kind of believe in like uh, demonic energies. And some people are saying that aliens are demons, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. Logically you would think, as big as the universe is, there would be all kinds of uh, different aliens, races. Um, but they would have to, a lot of them would have to kind of be similar to humans to, to live here. So maybe a lot of them, yeah, you, you just can't tell. Maybe they just inhabit a human body. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, I don't know. That would make it impossible to tell. Uh, they have all this stuff coming out about UFOs now, the Pentagon, yeah. and um, now they're admitting or they're saying that um, they have it's from off-world, uh, not of this earth. So I kind of, I'm actually kind of skeptical. I don't know if they're if they're putting that out. They definitely always have an agenda. Um, so what's the agenda here? Do they really just want to tell people or 
they're going to use it as an excuse for something again? Well, a lot of it came out because of uh, Louis Alessandro, right? He was the guy who, from from ATIP that got the oh, yeah. videos mm-hmm. released. Him and what's the other guy, Chris Mellon? Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and to the Stars Academy. Yeah, to the Stars Academy. And uh, what's his name from Blink One Eighty Two? Tom. Is it Tom? Uh, Tom Long. DeLong, yeah, Tom DeLong. DeLong. Yep. Um, and that, yeah, that, that was bizarre. I was I grew up listening to Blink One Eighty Two, and then come to find out, he was like meeting with CIA people like that whole time he was touring and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. I never thought of him as that way when I when he was playing music. I always kind of thought that the agenda might be, um, you know, the world, uh, you know, global warming and all this stuff is uh, kind of coming to a head and we've just got all these problems. Um, they've had free energy, anti-gravity technology since the 50s and 60s and they just haven't had, it just hasn't been the right time. Like if they just like turned around and released it, uh, I mean, the world would, I don't know, you know, so much stuff would collapse and people would go crazy. They're just not ready for it. So maybe they're just, you know, drip drop disclosure, slowly releasing it in the media and movies and stuff, getting people accustomed to the idea of aliens and UFOs. I mean, there's so many UFO shows. Um, So maybe now's the time they're going to say like, Hey, we have all these problems and we have a solution and it's this free energy stuff. But, you know, everything's going to have to be rewritten. You know, everything depends on oil and all, all this combustion technology. Well, so, Tesla also discovered some forms of free energy where you just pull energy out of the air. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I, think mean, that, I think he was probably killed because of it. Yep. Yeah, he couldn't um, can charge people for that, so... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I definitely think free energy exists. Uh, and yeah, we've been sleeping on it, unfortunately, destroying the earth uh, this whole time. We could have been using something else. Hopefully the time is right. I think people are out of their minds enough to like, it wouldn't even surprise them at this point. So they might welcome it a little more than they would have in the past. Possibly, you know, I mean, I guess if, if, the world is suffering enough and then they release it. People are just going to be, Oh, okay. Yeah. Honestly, at that point, they probably allow anything, but um, really, I mean, why, I mean, people, I guess also it's like, are humans ready for free energy? Because um, I mean, there's some crazy people out there. Like what would they do if they had free energy? Right. I would, I interviewed a guy. I haven't posted it yet who claimed to have had a past life living in Atlantis. And Atlantis had free energy that they made from, um, from crystals. But they also weaponized the energy, and then he just ended up wiping himself out. Yeah, that makes sense. And then there's ideas about a time loop, like the same things keep happening. And I've heard that America is the new Atlantis. There's even a book called The New Atlantis about America. I think it, uh, 
Francis Bacon or something wrote it. And uh, basically these themes keep repeating until, you know, we fix them. So that could be exactly what's happening with America, reaching a technological um, high state, but a low spiritual state, and then basically destroying ourselves that way. Oh, I hope not. The The guy that I did talk to about the Atlantis thing, he, he said that we've reached a point where the idea of us wiping ourselves out now is impossible. So I'm hoping he's right. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, yeah. That's one of the things I love about this podcast. I get to talk to so many people with all these uh-huh. cool um, ways of getting information. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I never know, you know, what's true and what's not, you know. Um, but what I do like is it, it may even makes me think in different ways, you know, and I always considered myself a person that thinks outside the box to begin with. But since I started doing this, like I've gone way <laughs> out of the mm. box, you know. That's awesome. I have some, uh, oh, I see you interviewed Aaron uh, Leich. Leich. I don't know how to Leach, yeah, yeah, I'm friends with him on Facebook. Are you? Yeah, I have, have to listen to that. Yeah, he's a member of the Golden Dawn, and uh-huh. um, he wrote this book, um, you know, The Secrets of Magical Grimoires. And, um, yeah, I've known Aaron for like 20 years. Oh, cool, that's yeah. awesome. Um, I'll have to uh send you a list of some possible guests. Um, I was just hanging out with Chris Dunn, I don't know if you've seen him on Ancient Aliens, yeah. Um, he, he'd probably do it and um, some other people oh, I totally appreciate that we were just talking about um, like he's working on a new Great Pyramid book and um, he's got a friend who like measured like a uh, resonant frequency within the pyramid or something and he's saying that it's like coming from the earth somehow these pyramids are magnifying an earth energy and it may have been like more dialed in in the past. And somehow he, he says it somehow uh, generated power. I've heard that theory, like the pyramids were like a um, power generators and like obelisks were like sort of like antennas, mm-hmm. or like, like repeaters almost to carry that energy around the earth. Yeah. So maybe they had like a global, you know, energy system. Yeah. I think it could have been, you know, so long ago that, you know, they were a high civilization and died out and, you know, we just completely forgot about them and we had to like rebuild, but now we have no idea what those things did. They definitely weren't tombs. Because we've definitely discovered now, you know, that we've been around a lot longer than we thought. And we also have discovered that there's a lot of holes in, in Darwinism too. So mm-hmm. I definitely believe that there probably was a more advanced group of humans living here and somehow got wiped out. Definitely. Um, so you also worked um, for uh, David Childress. Yep. Yeah, I work at his uh, independent publishing company who published my books, uh, Adventures Unlimited. And I do graphics. I, I did all the covers uh, for my books, and I do covers for other books. And um, 
help lay out the books and stuff like that. David's a good friend of mine. I've known him for like 10 years. And, and to my listeners who don't know who he is, he's on Ancient Aliens all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, you know, after Giorgio, he's probably like the number two, like most recognizable face on there. Yeah. Google David Childress, you probably recognize him. Does do you, do you talk to him? Like, do you know him personally? Yeah, yep. Yeah, we're good friends. I've known him for like 10 years. Awesome. Um, yeah, he lives in another state most of the time. But, um, yeah, I've gone uh, gone to Nepal with him. Went to uh, Kathmandu. Oh, I would love, to, I would love like a, to go there. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. That was back in like 2010. Wow. Spent like a month there. And uh, went hiking up in the Himalayas and stuff. That was awesome. Were you hanging out with like the Sherpas and stuff? Yep. Mm-hmm. All that. that they cool. had like the, the tea houses? Um, they, I can't remember. I don't think they had tiki houses. More like... Not tea, 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 like I think like the, like the motels are like called tea houses or something. Oh, tea house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. That's how it was. Uh, yeah, it's just gorgeous views. Yeah, everything's so different now. I wonder if we'll ever get to travel again. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a cruise scheduled in December. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, they were talking about doing a cruise to Antarctica. Um, I also know Brad Olson, a uh, friend of mine and ours, uh, that went to Antarctica recently. He talks, he's got a lot of YouTube videos about that, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, they say they found um, was it in Antarctica where they found the um, some other signs of pyramids there. Um, I remember that thing that they were trying to tell if it was a mountain or a pyramid. Uh, definitely, I, I saw. I looked at it. It definitely looked like uh, a pyramid to me. Mm-hmm. I think it was well, there's all those. Of course, all those rumors about, um, you know, the Nazis fleeing to Antarctica, the New Schwabenland. They had their base there. Uh, they went to Argentina. Yeah, Argentina first and then down there. Definitely went to Argentina. Yeah. Argentina is pretty close to Antarctica. Yeah, I guess it is. They just all you got to do is cross that, uh, that strait there. Mm-hmm. Man, there, there's just so much to talk about. And Adventures Unlimited, uh, the publishing company, like covers all these topics. So, you know, if you search Adventures Unlimited bookstore, uh, check us out. There's a lot of good books we put out. And um, right. you're gonna have to give well, me a link for that one too, because I'm gonna comb it for guests. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That would be a good idea. I'll send you a bunch of links when we're done here. Awesome. Um. So you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, I just, uh, thanks for doing this. I think it's awesome that, um, I mean, I love the internet and I hope it stays as free as it is. Uh, I love that people are able to. Oh, that's what we this. didn't cover. The NSA stuff. The, the oh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the, the Snowden disclosures, well, if, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with Edward Snowden and in 2013. I hope so. Yeah. He uh, released all these NSA documents that he stole on a thumb drive when he was working for Booz Allen Hamilton in Hawaii. 
an NSA contractor, uh, basically because um, he got upset about how easily he could just spy on anyone. All he needed really was an email and basically had a back door into everything. And um, they had partnerships with Microsoft, Facebook, Apple, Google, uh, basically to access data. Uh, but I, I think maybe a lot of it, I'm sure a lot of it, it definitely still goes on. And But I think his disclosures kind of helped um, because these companies have to keep their um, clients, uh, customers happy. And so it's in their interest to kind of protect them too. And I know Apple was fighting it for a while, um, mm-hmm. but then Steve, when Steve Jobs died is when they got on board um, with Prism uh, Collection. So I, I think Steve Jobs was fighting it for a while, but um, yeah, I hope. Uh, and of course there's tools that um, people can use like encryption, um, the Tor browser, uh, there's a new browser called Brave, which has Tor built into it. Do you uh, think Tor actually works? I mean, like, they obviously must be able to mo- monitor it. I mean, it was made by the Navy. Right, yeah. I mean, I think it's probably, just a trap. Yeah, it could be very well be. But um, if you understand the nature of encryption, I don't know, Tor may be compromised, and I've heard that too. But um, encryption in general is pretty good safeguard the i mean it's like a mathematical thing yeah uh where the stuff gets scrambled and it, it just it would take you know supercomputers like years to crack it um without the encryption key and a lot of <clears throat> after snowden stuff a lot of companies were offering you know built-in encryption more um i mean we shouldn't really even have to worry about it um but Obviously, people don't like the idea of, you know, just anybody being able to read their messages. I mean, these NSA analysts were spying on exes and they were <clears throat> stealing people's nudes, you know, and uh, sharing them amongst themselves. Um, yeah, and, but, and like when you think about it, like there's, everything we do probably ends up on the internet. Like I drive past the camera on the road and somebody knows where I am, you know, I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 everything is being tracked electronically, you know, not just my browser history. Like I, I could care less what, you know, it's always checking my browser history and finds a bunch of sleazy porn. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, who cares? Right. <laughs> even, even grandma's on porn these days. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's the other stuff, you know, the, 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 the times of our life when we're, really kind of think we're actually being private that are mm-hmm. not private or that could be, you know, yeah. used against us. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, let's face it, we're human beings. Everybody has secrets. Right. And if the government or NSA knows those secrets, then that gives them leverage on everybody. Right. So, yeah, it's, um, it's really changed uh, with the digital revolution. You know, that stuff is just so much easier. Yeah. Uh, and people do it, you know, to themselves. I'm guilty too. Use Facebook. Talk to everybody on Facebook. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Absolutely. Um, so where can my um, listeners find your books? 
Uh, I just created a new website and build websites too. It's like a side gig, um, balthazarbooks.com. Um, that will, it's kind of like more of a landing page. It really leads to mm-hmm. adventuresunlimitedpress.com. Uh, uh, you can order direct from us. Uh, you know, we'll throw in some stickers and goodies or, or you know, of course, Amazon. It's on all on Amazon too. Okay. Are you working on anything new? Um, I have just kind of been, uh, well, I have a channel called, uh, a YouTube channel called Strange Tales Weekly. Um, I haven't done something. Uh, it was like a few of our friends uh, started making videos on odd topics and started interviewing some people. We interviewed uh, Douglas Dietrich, who says that he worked with uh, Michael Aquino, uh, the mil- the colonel satanist mm-hmm. um he started the temple of set and uh he was like a you know high-ranking military satanist um douglas dietrich uh, we interviewed him um so yeah search uh, strange tales weekly um kind of yeah i've just been into this um epstein's just digging st- into this epstein stuff um there's an interesting uh theory that uh, i don't know if you're familiar with reddit probably that yeah. website uh-huh. um there's a power user and a power mod on there that people suspect now is Ghislaine Maxwell. The username is Maxwell Hill. And if you, the people have just been digging into this and it, she hasn't, this account hasn't posted since Ghislaine's arrest. And there's like a whole bunch of other coincidences. Um, I'm, I'm putting together like a video about that, but it'll be interesting to see if, um, Anything comes of that? Um, if you if you Google that, yeah, if you Google Maxwell Hill, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, it'll come up. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I also uh, work on Wikispooks. It's like the conspiracy um, Wikipedia. Um, like for instance, if you look at the Franklin cover up on Wikipedia, I mean it's just a joke, and they just poo poo it, and they say. Um, the official story is that it was a carefully crafted hoax and Wikipedia just parrots that. And they, there's people like Michael Aquino, they deleted his whole article um, because he requested it. And uh, he's an, he was a Wikipedia editor. He died recently, but basically we're trying to make wiki spooks, uh, you know, this place where the stuff that gets censored by Wikipedia, you can talk about. So I've been, working on editing that, articles there. Cool. Do you think the stuff on Snopes is all disinformation? Uh, I mean, not all of it. There are, are stuff, stuff. There is stuff that I read that, you know, I agree with, I don't know, with them. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, I wouldn't call them an authority, really, on anything. And just the idea, I mean, people, uh, right, just this nanny state where, other people have to think for people, you know, um, is kind of uh, off-putting. You know, these fact checkers, um, these automatic fact checkers on Facebook. And now if you watch some conspiracy stuff on YouTube, you know, have a link to um, like Wikipedia, you know, like moon landing hoax. uh, It'll tell you why, you know, it's wrong. So I don't know. I think people should be free to think for themselves. And yes. make make up their own minds. Um, 
you mentioned the Satanist thing. Do you think Bill Gates is a Satanist? Uh, that I haven't looked into. I haven't heard that. But, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, really. Because, you know, I've heard, like, these rumors, especially like, about, like, the, the architecture um, of their home office is supposed to have some kind of satanic symbolism to it. I did not hear about Bill Gates, but he seems connected with this uh, deep state for sure. I mean, uh, I just heard him on the news talking about, or they were asking him, like, uh, these vaccines. I mean, they're pretty, like, untested, you know, and they cause problems, uh, but they just want to go ahead with it, you know. Yeah, he's definitely a big advocate of these the COVID-19 vaccines. It's kind of convenient. Right. So you got to wonder, like, I mean, he, I saw a joke, like a meme, like you couldn't even protect windows from viruses. Like, what makes you think you can protect? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't, like, what? Who? who made him some expert on that? I don't know. Uh, that's funny. I never even thought of that. Windows, <laughs> Windows has always been so bad with viruses. <laughs> right. Or like with my my Apple has never gotten a virus. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I would uh, just encourage people to look into, like I said, uh, theblackvault.com is a good spot and just start digging into some of these. Um, this is the way things get discovered, just regular people, you know, digging into it. A lot of uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's um, files just got released a couple days ago. People are digging into that. Um, So, and even if uh, you're really passionate about it, uh, join uh, Wikispooks and help uh, write articles. And it's all volunteer-based, like Wikipedia. Yeah, Uh, I'll do that as long as I can maybe slip in a plug for my podcast. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Don't quote me, but you could probably get away with that. Yeah, you could, like, cite your podcast for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's been great talking to you. Um, You as well. Thank you. I'd love to have you back again sometime. Awesome. Yeah, I had a good time. Thank you. And um, definitely send me all those links, and I'm going to post them um, in the notes so my users can find your books and and check out uh, all your site and the wiki spooks. And cool. um, also send me a link to the, your YouTube channel. For sure. And I'll put all that into my notes so my, my users can check out all your stuff. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for being on the show. All right. Keep doing what you're doing. You too. Definitely <laughs> keep what you're doing. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. Please like and review this podcast on whatever platform you are using. It helps this podcast move up in the ranks and easier for people to find. Also, tell your friends, family, co-workers, and even that weird uncle. Which I would be that weird uncle. If anyone wants to be a guest, you can email me at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Our website is www.everythingimaginable2020.com and Patreon is patreon.com forward slash everythingimaginable 
you can make a donation to support this podcast. Remember, everything that is was first imagined. Thank you for listening, and see you next week. You know, yes, you can also buy my book, Enlightenment Guarantee, the only book on Zen you'll ever need. It's available on Amazon, Kindle, and paperback.